All right, it is hindsight 2020. This one for NFL post week two. I'm all fired up. Producer sequel, the dog is all fired up. Back to back winning weeks. We were three and two over the weekend. Little bit disappointed by last night's results. Let's start right there. I think the most regrettable decision on Mike and I's card this week, we took the Tennessee Titans plus 10 at Buffalo. You know, we said it on Friday that this is the type of game that when you lose playing the big underdog, you often look stupid. Well, they did not disappoint. Looked very stupid. You know, Tennessee was within 10 going into the half, but it never seemed close. Going into the second half, completely shut out, completely shut down. There's something to be said, and I have a big problem with this, and that is you want to make bold Plays. Now, I think as a gambler in general, you have to be willing to fire in those scary opportunities. And that's a scary opportunity there, Tennessee plus 10. It was a good number, but it's not like Buffalo could not attain margin here. So in the contest, however... That type of play, that heroic play, you need to be more selective about. Yes, every week you're forced to make five picks, but that also means that in a 16-game week, there are 11 games that you do not have to touch. I've had a rule in general in September, I don't mess with Andy Reid. If I don't want to bet on the Chiefs, I just pass on the game. Buffalo looked like they might have been one of those contenders. Now, I'm a little torn on this because I don't want to be gun-shy about making plays like this in the future. But that's where I sort of see a difference between cash game and contest game. In cash game, the only way that you can eke out edges is to make the plays when you see them every single time. There will be other opportunities where a good team looks bad, goes up against a team that looks like absolute world beaters. The line will overreact, as this one did. Remember, look-ahead line was 7 in this game, jumped up to 10. And playing the underdog will be the smart play. Probably more often than not, but you need the volume of doing this long-term. In the contest, you don't have long-term. You don't have hundreds of games to sample to get on the right side of minimum edges. You have to navigate the waters, picking your spots week to week, and in hindsight, Buffalo... After the way they looked in week one, sure, maybe they come back down to earth a little bit, but no one was surprised when Buffalo looked just as efficient in week two as they did in week one. And taking a team in Tennessee without a lot of firepower got us in a lot of trouble.
All right, my ultimate decision, I had the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, God, my ultimate decisions, not only am I picking the games right, but I'm picking the themes of these games right. Kirk Cousins, Monday Night Football, Oh, a new offensive coordinator isn't going to help you here. The Eagles dominated the game. The fact that they only won by 17 is surprising to me because it seems like every time Kirk Cousins was able to get the ball off, he was under duress all night, someone on the Eagles was picking it off. Justin Jefferson was the talk of the town a week ago. Well, Darius Slay saw more action than he did in this game. This was a ruckus environment. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings were in over their heads. It was a perfect home run spot for the Eagles on Monday Night Football. We caught a short favorite at home, loved it all the way. Line closed at three, so really got that closing line value playing the Eagles early in the week at minus two. Mike's ultimate decision did not fare so well, and I'm not sitting here trying to brag too much, but it was our first head-to-head cash bet of the year as I challenged Mike, took Tampa Bay laying two and a half now. That game closed at three, so we did get a better number, but to a certain extent, the market was telling you that the money was coming in on Tampa. This was a close game. It was anybody's game in the fourth quarter. We thought about the fits that New Orleans had thrown Tom Brady's way. Maybe underestimated the fits that Jameis Winston's former defensive coordinator, uh, Todd Bowles, threw at him in this game. Jameis absolutely fell apart in the fourth quarter. Brady, back-to-back weeks here, didn't look spectacular throughout the game. He actually really struggled for about three quarters, but made the big play in a low-scoring game. When you have these games where the line is telling you, hey, this is going to be a close game, never underestimate how big of an advantage having an A-level quarterback is. Bucks were the right pick here. We got this one wrong. All right. Uh, You know, it's a shame. Mike was not around this weekend. Usually he comes over on Sundays. He We put the Jets game on one of the TVs for him. I was just happy this week because I didn't have to watch a Jets game. But the Jets game was one of the most compelling games of the entire day. I had it on early. I had it on often. And by the fourth quarter, I couldn't take my eyes off it. Now, here's what was interesting. Yes, it was a miracle win for the Jets. But down by seven, I was really starting to doubt that they were going to get the six and a half point cover. Because keep this in mind, anytime the Jets had the ball down by seven... Cleveland's playing like it's a one-score game. They're engaged in the game. Cleveland scores late and then misses the extra point up by 13. That's when I perked up a little bit because I knew the Jets had been able to move the ball. And if they score... Look, Cleveland wasn't on high alert anymore, so it was almost a garbage touchdown, the first one for the Jets... 
They convert the extra point, get down by six. I felt like a genius. I almost wanted the Jets to lose by six, just so the plus six and a half can look smarter than it was. But here was the deal. Jacoby Brissett, I give him a lot of credit. He was extremely efficient in this game. Both teams put up a bunch of points. The Jets were knocking Brissett to the ground all day long, and Brissett just kept hanging in there. Uh, we were wrong directionally about this game. It was very, it was really an offensive game, but the Jets were able to move the ball. They converted third downs, unlike they did in week one, and kept the game close, even if it took a miracle, kept it close there. Jets win outright as a six and a half point dog. We grabbed the cover. Last pick we had was New England chain of custody game. Look, this was 17-14, but I watched every play of this game. It was not close. The whole game was New England dominating the ball, running the football, picking up third downs, while Mitchell Trubisky just struggled to get anything going. Belichick let it be known early on, hey, Mitch is going to have to beat us throwing the ball downfield. It didn't happen. Mac Jones, careless with the football. Matt Patricia, if you're going to be offensive coordinator, take some notes on your laminated play sheet there with your number two pencil. Take care of the football, Mac Jones. This game should not have been close. What makes me feel really good about it is everyone was fire selling on New England. Me but me and Mike bought in in week one, and when it didn't work out our way, we stuck with our guns. We're like, we are not selling this stock yet, sort of the point of chain and custody, and it led to a great three and two week. Now we strive to keep the winning streak going in week three, and you can bet on it.